Good morning. Uh, I am Pastor Chris. It's uh, great to see everybody. Happy New Year. Here we go. Uh, we are excited. As you can see uh, behind us, we have our cards back up from Unfinished. And uh, we are jumping into a series called Shaped. And uh, it has, uh, has everything to do with how God is shaping you. And so uh, are you guys, lo- you love to make New Year's plans, goals? You like, you got it all figured out where you're going to be by the end of this year, by the end of two years? Well, at Skyline, <clears throat> we know exactly where we're headed. We are following Jesus to become one equipped family. And this series called Shape is how he's shaping us. And uh, the, the shape is actually an acronym. It, it stands for spiritual gift, your personality, your heart, your abilities, your personality. I already said personality. S-H. Why did I say P at that point? <laughs> Let's start all over again. S stands for spiritual gift. H stands for your heart. A stands for abilities, P stands for personality, and E uh, stands for your experiences, that God is shaping us. It's as if he's making us a piece of a puzzle, and we fit together in the body of Christ. Did you know that the Holy Spirit, God himself, is the one who puts you together in the body of Christ? He puts you in that place. He shapes you that way. And so, on this journey, our goal over the next few weeks is really to help you understand and discover your shape. And uh, as we do, I'm going to go back to uh, uh, kind of a need that all of us have. Mine uh, started when I was pretty young. When I was uh, 11 or 12 years old, I can't remember exactly, I just remember this happening in my life. Um, We used to process the pigs. Processed pigs means that uh, the mom pigs have baby pigs. The baby pigs have these sharp teeth, and uh, if you do not trim their teeth, then they bite the mom, and then uh, bad things happen from there. And so we'd catch each one of them, uh, trim their teeth, be able to put them, give them medicine, and put them back, and happy, and away they go. And that was my job. I did that uh, every day, and I remember having this conversation with myself. That's a great thing about hard work, man. Hard work frees up your brain to just think. And I remember interacting as an 11 or 12-year-old about what kind of a father I was going to be and about what kind of a husband I was going to be. That those were important things, and I was, I was going to work to be good at those things. And I'm not the only one. You've done this too. You have in your life, and more likely... It was much younger than you are now. You had these thoughts. You interacted with, hey, this is what I think is important. This is where I think I fit in the world. This is, this is where I think, in a sense, this is what my purpose is. This is what I'm about. This is, this is it. But then as life has gone on, that same longing, right, that longing to find my place in this world, To be able to know, hey, this is what I was created for, and this is what I'm doing. It drives us. For some of us, it haunts us. We never 
It's just a longing. It doesn't really get fulfilled. There's, along with it comes this inner judgment, right? This inner judgment in my soul that I'm not making it. I'm either not doing a good enough job at it or I'm missing it. Or I, there's this decision I'm supposed to be making. I can't figure it out what to do and how to do it. And where, it just it, it, it gnaws at us. And then there's this pressure. The pressure to be more. So I can face myself in the mirror. So I can look in the mirror and go, this is good. Versus not quite there. And so we're going to jump in and try to to jump into where is your place in the world. And we're going to start at the beginning for a believer. And as uh, we talk about all of this shape and what the body of Christ is doing and where we're headed, if you're here as a guest or you're here and you're kind of trying to figure out who Christ is and whether or not you want to follow him, I want you to know we want you to come with us. We invite you to come with us on this journey that we're on. And that journey starts with this principle. We're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9. And if you are a follower of Christ, then this is a sweet spot for all of us. This is a really sweet spot. This is where it all starts. And this is the most foundational answer to the question your place in this world. And I want to be super clear about this. You know what you were created for? This is an absolute. You know what you were created for? For many of us, that question creates pressure. Like, what do I have to do? You were created to be loved by God. That's what you were created for. You were created to be loved by God by God. This passage says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. God created you to love you. And uh, the first couple of human beings that he came along and that he loved, Adam and Eve, they said, you know what? We don't need that love. We think we're going to try and live outside of that love and outside of you. And death came into the world and all kinds of destruction and and maybe even snow, right? Came into the world and it just, ah, it separated us from God. And it's most basic problem for us and be able to figure out who we are and where we belong and do we measure up is we, we came to this place where he said, you know what? For God to accept me and for other people to accept me, I have to get to a certain position. Now, you, you and I happen to live in a present, very odd time in history. When our culture has said, no, 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 God has to accept me the way I am no matter what, right? I'm great no matter what. I'll set the standard. That also doesn't work. Leaves you empty and separated from God. And if you die separated from God, then you spend eternity separated from God. And he wanted to save us from that. So he came as a human being, took on the sin of the world, and went to the cross and paid the debt we owed 
for the sin we've committed, who do we become, the fact that we talked away from God, and God said, I want to bring you back together and save you by grace, which means he did all of the work that needs to be done. We don't save ourselves. Through faith, which means the way we accept it is we trust God for our future. We bring our sin to God. We trust God to wipe it away and reunite us in that relationship. It's no longer our life, but it's Christ's life. It is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Our entire conversation about my place in the world is that this is going to be a gift from God, not something that I earn. It's going to be a gift from God, not something that I earn. Not by works, so no one can boast. Now that, that particular line for Skyline is priceless. It is priceless. You know what makes this place a safe place? It's because none of us can boast that we're better than anybody else. Why? Because some people don't live better than somebody else? No, not for that reason. But because whatever goodness you have has been given to you by Jesus, by grace, you did not earn it. Isn't that amazing? So I never, ever can look down my nose at you, and you can't look down your nose at me. Because any righteousness I have, it's a gift by God. So that's the foundation to this entire conversation. Okay, which leads us to what we want to talk about today. For we are, now the we is for every person who has accepted Christ as their personal Savior. They've accepted Christ by grace through faith. And again, if you're here this morning and you haven't yet, this we doesn't actually apply to you, but man, does Jesus want it to apply to you, and so do we. We want you to come on this journey with us. For we are God's handiwork. We are something that God is creating and created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And it has a purpose. In Christ Jesus, he's creating us for a purpose, that we would be able to produce good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so we're going to work through these three kind of principles from that verse. The first thing I want you to understand is you are a piece of art. You're a piece of art. What does it say? We are God's workmanship. God saves us not merely. God saves us not merely to save us from the wrath we rightly deserve, but also to make something beautiful out of us. We are his workmanship, which translates the ancient Greek word poema. The idea is that we are his beautiful poem. The Jerusalem Bible translates workmanship as a work of art. So take a look at this. This is beautiful. Just gorgeous. Okay. The Bible says you are God's work of art. You are God's work of art. This next picture is from uh, Latterburn, Latterburn, Switzerland. Lauren and I got to see this. When we first saw this, we spent, what, 15, 20 minutes just standing there looking at it. You're like, this is gorgeous. I can't believe, this is amazing. You are God's work of art. 
God is, he is creating. He, he, you are part of his workmanship. And you're like, hey, listen, I'm not in the mountains. Good. Next picture. You love the beach. You love the beach, man. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm going to get on a plane today and get out of here. You love the beach. It's all, that's, that's something God created, right? But you are God's creation. Others of you might be a little bit like me, like, hey, I'm not in the nature thing so much, but I love woodworking. I love these tables. For some reason, when I see these tables, I'm like, it's the combination of God's creation with this beautiful handiwork that some men did, right? When I retire, I'm going to make one of these. They're so, so are you, by the way. You are God's handiwork, his, his craftsmanship. Now, this is important. Listen to me. Grab a hold of this, what I'm going to say right now. In present-day humanity, we are infatuated with being in love with ourselves. And even all over Christianity, people learn that they are God's creation, and they're like, my goodness, I'm fabulous. I am terrific. I am amazing. And they fall in love with the art, not the artist. I want to encourage you. Let our response be that we fall in love with the artist. You're never going to be able to appreciate your purpose in life. You're never going to be able to appreciate your place in life if you think it's about you. If you think it's about how great you can be and what you're going to, where you're going to finish and how you're going to compare, and you, you, as soon as you fall in love with the art, you're going to start comparing your art with another person's art. As soon as you fall in love with that art, there's going to be a pressure. There's going to be, don't do it. Fall in love with the artist. You know what this means? It means that Jesus is delighting in working on you. Like, don't turn that to you. Look at him. Look at what he's doing. This is, this is great. The next thing it says is that <clears throat> you have a purpose. You absolutely have a purpose. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. That beautiful thing that God is making of us is active in good works. These are just as much a part of God's predestined plan as anything else is. These good works are valid evidence that someone is walking as one of God's chosen. Now listen, we started with by grace through faith for a reason. Because when someone starts talking about good works, without a doubt, we automatically go, oh, I need to do good works so I can have a relationship with God. No. I get to have a relationship with God by grace through faith. And when I get that from that, Christ is creating a new me. He's not taking the old me and cleaning me up. 
He's not taking the old me and going, you know what, I can make something out of that. When we come to Christ, the old me dies. We go no more. And he's going to create a new me. When I relate to God by grace through faith, good works is the fruit. That's what comes out of it. That's what comes from it. So I don't have to work at good works. I get to receive them. I get to live them out by grace through faith. So <clears throat> I want to encourage you to, to, to lean into your purpose. Uh, before that, one quick thing. By the way, good works, the huge preponderance of good works will not happen here at Skyline. These good works that God has created you for, the, the huge amount of them does not happen at Skyline. They happen at home. It's the way the husband loves the wife and the wife loves the husband. It's the way the parents raise their children. It's the way the children interact with their parents. For many of us, how many days a week, hours a week do you go to work? 40, 50, 60. Guess what? That's where the good works are going to take place. You're going to work in a place where people are miserable and selfish and climbing over each other? Not you. That's not you. You have been created for a purpose of good works. And it's going to happen at work. It's going to happen with your neighbors. That is your purpose. So I want to encourage you to lean in your, pur in your purpose and just this, this simple little piece. Who are you? You are the hands and feet of Jesus. That's who you are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. And Jesus wants your wife to know that she is loved. Jesus wants your wife to know that God knows who she is and cares for her. And guess what your purpose is? To be the hands and feet of Jesus to your wife. Your husband needs to know that God loves him, that God's called him. How's he going to know that? Well, his relationship with God. And he brought you and created you so that you could use your eyes, your mouth, your hands, your feet to love him and the raising of your children, your neighbors, the people you work with. Predominantly, we want to reach people who don't go to church. Do you know why people who don't go to church come to a church? Because they work with somebody that is joyful and kind and does like crazy things for them that says things that but over and over and over again. And something happens in their heart that causes them to go, I don't believe in any of this, but I want to check this out. That's where good works happen, okay? You're the hand and feet of Jesus. Lean into who you are.
I don't know what you got for Christmas, but I got one of these for Christmas. And uh, these are impact wrenches. If you've ever tried to put in a screw with a screwdriver, it's hard. It's hard. It's easier than your finger, but it's hard. If you've ever tried to do it with a drill, if you hit into something really tough, it's hard. You got one of these. It's awesome. They're amazing. Like they talk to the screw and it goes right in. It's an incredible, amazing tool. You are an incredible, amazing tool, a creation of Christ. And when you are loaded, locked into Christ, it's amazing what can happen. But if you disconnect from Christ, if you do not abide in, dwell in Christ, you're not even a bad hammer, right? It's a useless tool. So I want to encourage you, as we go down this journey, I want to remind you, if you want to know your place in the world, you've got to stay plugged in. One of the ways that you can do that is to con continually be interacting with his word. In the interacting, reading, and listening to the Word of God. Don't get me wrong. Leading, just reading and, and, and making sure you read the Bible every day doesn't guarantee that it all translates, right? It's a piece. It's a tool. It's a part of it. But uh, last year, you guys really did a good job with this. I mean, you jumped on this, these reading plans and followed them through. And so I want to I encourage you, uh, a couple of them. One is called... Uh, we, Somebody brought this to my attention. It's called Foundations. It's a book. This is what I like about it. It's a 260-day reading plan, which means you only do it Monday through Friday. Because a lot of us, right, we get in our rhythm, and Monday through Friday, we read our Bibles, we do our thing, right? And then Saturday comes. Our lives blow up. Sunday comes. It, it, our lives blow up. And so then we get off on our reading plan, and we give up. Well, this one's kind of designed for us. Right? So this one, five days, two days off, five days, two days off. Just a way to do it. Uh, another one that everybody just, just they love it. It's called Bible Recap. And uh, I encourage you to be able to check that out and be, be involved with that. What's, for many of you, you're like, I can't do it. I can't read. I can't read. In third grade, we decided we couldn't read. I'm one of you. I actually was like that. Can't read. That's fine. They have so many ways for you to listen to the Bible. I think there's something called hear the Bible, right? This is a way to be able to do it and just spend some time to do with that. I encourage you to, to check those out. If you're like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, go see concierge. They're, they're magical. They'll take care of you, get you, get you rolling. The third piece is God has a very specific way he wants to use you to redeem others. God has a very specific way he wants to use you to redeem others. The last part of the verse says, which God prepared beforehand. I love this. This means a great deal to me. Maybe because I grew up in church, but I, I grew up in a church and, and there was a lot of, of uh, knowing God's will and finding out the right path and doing all those things and, and hey, how do I know which things I'm supposed to be doing. Like, how do I know which one, where am I supposed to be going and what am I supposed to be able to do? 
which God prepared beforehand. God has a plan. God has a plan. He has where he wants me to minister and where he wants me to be his hands and feet. He has already laid out all kinds of ways that he wants to use me to impact people to come to Christ. And some some of people in his plan are going to be amazing, incredible, and have lots and lots of followers. Some of people in his plan are going to show up every Sunday morning for Awana, and they're going, to, they're going to listen to verses and minister to little children, and no one's ever going to know their name. But you know what Jesus says that happens in heaven. This is the one who gets the reward. We don't have to worry about, am I the best? Am I the greatest? Am I, am I doing the right thing? We get to just follow his plan. Now, simple principle for many of us, it works like this. Yes, you do have to make decisions. You are going to have to make a decision. We work through shape and what ministry you're going to get involved in and who you're going to minister to. Yeah, you're going to have to make decisions. But many of us are right here. And the decision we have to make is all the way down there. But we're like, I need God to tell me. I need God to tell me before I get started. I need him to tell me before we get started. No, 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 no. Do what's right in front of you. Get involved in any way you can with what's right in front of you. As you walk that path, he'll guide you. It's his plan. He's got it laid out. He will guide you. Jump on that path. Get rolling. And away we go. So as we begin our journey, we have, what, what is your place in this world? Number one, your place in this world is to be loved by God. Your place in this world, if the most important thing that can happen in your life is that you come back to being one with God. And how do you do that? By grace, through faith. So as we jump into this journey going forward, Have you, got two questions for you, have you received salvation by grace? You may have been uh, bouncing around Skyline or throughout your life, you've heard this and you've said, that's nice and that's good and someday I'm going to do that. Or maybe you have said, I, I can't do that. I can't give up my life. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. You are missing out on the purpose of your life. Whatever it is you're hanging on to that you think is, is important enough that you got to have it so that you can't let go of it and grab a hold of Christ and trust Christ. It's not worth it. It doesn't bring life into your life. It doesn't bring purpose into your life. Let go and grab a hold of Christ. As we jump into 2024, come to trust Christ by grace through faith. My second question is, will you accept that you're, 
It shouldn't say that. You, will you accept your new life by faith? What do I mean? I mean what we're talking about here. Will you accept that your life is not fixing up the old you? It's not proving you're worth something. It's not positioning yourself so you can grab a hold of the most and get a hold of the most. It's not producing or building something so that you can be seen as somebody someday. That's not your new life. You are created in Christ Jesus, and he has this whole ways that he wants you to be the hands, his hands and feet and make a difference in people's lives. How do you accept that life? By grace. It's a gift through faith. Are you ready to walk into that in 2024? I'm going to lead us in prayer, and as I do, uh, first, I'm going to ask all of us to go back to our first prayer. Back to when you trusted Christ for the first time. I'm going to use different words than what you used, and that's fine, right? But let's just relish in what God has given us. For some of you, I am hoping that today you will pray that prayer for the first time ever. You will enter into that relationship with God. You will be saved from your sin. You will accept his promise to wash you white as snow and take him, take you to heaven with him. And then we're going to pray the second one. Lord, we're going we're to accept that new life. We're going to walk into it. Jesus, yes, I am your creation. And I have been created to make a difference in this world. And I'm going to follow you to discover what that is. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for our family and be able to be together. And so, Jesus, I want to come to you and I want to review. Say it again. what it means to accept your salvation by grace through faith. That, Lord, I am a sinner and I have lived my life trying to please sometimes me, sometimes others, sometimes you, but I can't. I can, I can make parts of my life better, but I can't become good. And Lord, I have nothing to offer you. I can't even give you faith. But you have come to me and you have said that if I would ask you to forgive me of me, of you, forgive me, you'd do it. So Jesus, I bring all my sin before you. I bring who I am before you. And I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me white as snow before you. And I accept it. I am forgiven. 
You also said that if I ask you to take you, take me to heaven, that you'd do it. That you would secure my future. I don't have to worry about this anymore. And so I'm asking. Jesus, make me yours. Make me new. Take me with you. And I accept it. Jesus, from this day forward, if I don't go to heaven, that's your fault. It's in your hands. Lord, we read today that you got this plan for my life. That you I'm your creation. I'm your your workmanship. I don't have to fix myself and work on myself and improve myself. You're going to do that. And, and that you are creating me for good works. You, you prepared them. You have these, this life for me, this plan for me. To not only be something beautiful that you've created, but to work that out and live that out. Lord, I want to accept that plan. I want to accept your purpose for my life. I want to be created in Christ to do good works. I want to love the artist. So Jesus, I love you. And as we move into this shape, as you show me more and more of who I am, I want to enjoy you, pleasure in you, and serve from you. I accept your gift by grace through faith. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.